Welcome to the Von Elfman Podcast. Today, our guest is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. So, Chris, uh, let's become a recurring theme on our uh, on our weekly conversations. Uh, this week's jobless claims. Any data out there that uh, was new, surprising, that you were able to take anything away from? Yeah, I think it's going to be important to start digging into the details of these reports while they certainly show improvement in the headline releases with initial claims falling approximately 100,000 and, and continuing claims following, falling 700,000. Um, when you dig into the data in the aggregate, because the headline is just kind of the uh, standard uh, unemployment claims, but when you include the PUA claims, there actually has been no improvement on uh, from a continuing claims basis. In fact, it actually got incrementally worse and when you look at the impact for initial claims, while the standard unemployment claims improved 100,000, PUA claims actually deteriorated 42,000. So it looks to me like where people are going in between categories and claims, and we're still not really seeing any material net improvement in the aggregate, which is pretty consistent with what we're seeing in general as far as the economic recovery. Uh, maybe it's starting to flatten out a bit. Well, that's great. So interesting. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at the economic recovery now as as, uh, as COVID-19, we've got a little bit more clearer view about it. Um, you know, how, how would you categorize that, that economic recovery that we've seen? Yeah, I think it's as we expected, right? We saw a very sharp bounce off the bottom, and we've seen that V-shaped initial recovery. And that initial recovery is uh, a couple of factors. One, it's the pent-up demand, right? People stopped uh, rates of consumption and, and stopped certain business activities. Now we've had the initial reopening, so you get that V-shaped element. You have the impact of a tremendous amount of stimulus. Uh, in fact, you know, arguably three times more than the actual economic hit. So that also came to bear not just on markets but on consumption as well. And you've had the impact of a recovery by the nature of drawing down inventories. And to the extent you're in an industrial or a business that deals in inventories and the selling of hard goods, as you draw those down, then you refire to not only replenish those inventories but meet final demand. You get a very sharp uh, V-shaped recovery. That part of the recovery, that industrial part and that inventory-related part, is kind of a, a natural self-starter. I mean, once that process starts, it becomes very self-reinforcing, and that's good. And that's typically why we get a strong recovery after an economic slowdown, because it's the, the downturns predominantly in the more cyclical areas, and it has a natural self-start function. This one's unique, and that this downturn actually impacted the services sector much greater than the industrial sector. And so while these cyclical areas are starting to reaccelerate and we'll have a self-reinforcing recovery, we're probably going to need a fairly substantial policy support to get a self-reinforcing recovery out of the services side. It's just not happening yet. Um, and quite frankly, we have a lot of the uh, you know support payments and and, and payment forbearance that's rolling off, and we need another stimulus package if we want to see that occur. 
And so I suspect we'll see that in the back half of July before Congress goes into its August recess. That's, that's interesting. And, and, you know, as we continue on the, the, the conversation around the impact of COVID-19, are, are you, you know, and, and as we've seen, you know, the, the, the data come out over the last few weeks, you know, we're seeing a, a, a substantially rising COVID-19 case count. And now do you think that is going to be a threat to the equity market and the continued economic recovery? I don't, and and it's not because I don't think that you know the case count's really rising, or it's not material, or it's less impactful. I just think it's already reflected, and so uh, you know I think we're going to see a further acceleration in case counts. I think they're going to, you know, if you look at the leading of the leads, they're going to continue to accelerate for another two weeks or so, and they're going to reach levels that are going to surprise people. And then they'll probably level off. And to me, this is all a part of the first wave. This isn't a second wave. Um, but the point being, essential businesses that were open in the initial spread of the virus remain open and that activity continues. Non-essential businesses and businesses that are directly impacted, travel, leisure, things such as that, are closed and remain closed. And to the extent they've opened, are operating at so low levels, even if they reclose, they wouldn't be material to the stock market or to the economy in general. I think what's going to happen is there was some hope priced in that we would have a sharper V or a longer V side of the recovery before things flattened out, and that's simply not going to be the case. Um, But so we may extend the recovery. We may dampen the amplitude near term. We may require more policy support than what people thought, uh, but as far as a material impact on the current recovery as we were expecting it or the recovery in the market as we were expecting it, I don't think this rising case count is material. Right. So, you know, shifting gears a little bit, you know, here we are um, heading into the second week of, of the third quarter. You know, anything that folks should be watching out? I know we've got earnings coming up in the, in the next couple of weeks here. Um, you know, what, what would you suggest investors keep an eye out for here as, as Q3 starts to, uh, to start to roll along? Yeah, I, you know, what's going to be really important is that we do see more policy support. So if we want to sustain the recovery in the market and then the economy, we can't allow these enhanced unemployment benefits to roll off, right? They We actually – passed along 10% more uh, than the income hit to individuals, and that showed up in consumption in the in the first and second quarter. Now, if we just let those expire, then we're going to have a negative 10% hit to consumption, and that still remains the largest part of this economy. So uh, we need to see some probably modification to what those enhanced unemployment benefits were, but we do need to see some transfer payments continue. Um, we're also going to need to see, as I said, this industrial side of the cycle, we need to see it continue to improve. And should that happen, it may help drive uh, a recovery in the services sector as well. Uh, and then again, when we're looking at uh, the actual earnings in the quarter, I'm still going to remain focused squarely on the financial sector. Um, we need to see the reserves they take. They should start to have a window into what delinquencies and what credit losses are going to look like post the forbearance period. Those forbearance periods are starting to come up. Um, and if they take reserves that are much larger than what they took in the first quarter, that I, that I think is going to be a problem for the market and an indication that uh, we probably have another leg in the whole uh, credit side of this and solvency side of this. 
so those are kind of the items that I'm going to remain focused on. Great. Well, I'll tell you what, this uh, quick quick hitter on this week. We'll, we'll full blitz on on the Q and A round, but um, as we get through, uh, interested to see what our thoughts are where we land for the next couple of weeks here uh, for Q3, and, and we'll appreciate having you on here, and we'll we'll get you back on next week. Thanks, Dan. All right, fantastic. Please see you, Chris. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark law.